Today's podcast is brought to you by Concierge Elite. Concierge Elite provides dedicated remote front desk staff and virtual assistance to your office. We specialize in finding your office the perfect and right fit for your office and your office only, full or part-time. Your remote team member is just that, yours. We do all the hiring, the recruiting, and training. Yes, the training. It's one of the things that makes us unique as we train your dedicated remote team member in your systems and software. Hi, and welcome to Understaffed. My name is Melissa Brown, and today I have with me Steve Reed. He has over 20 years experience in the creative industry as a solopreneur. He's been involved in everything from illustration to animation, print, advertising, websites, apps, and coaching. He's heavily involved in the startup world where he's done so many things simultaneously that it's difficult to describe in a single title. I understand that. He's calmed down a bit now and focuses exclusively on designing brand architectures for B2B and B2C startups while he crafts his perfect remote work lifestyle. He lives in Austin, Texas, married 19 years with four daughters, and operates a secret lair built in his attic that you can access through a hidden remote-controlled entrance. Wow. Steve Reed, welcome to Understaffed. I feel great about coming on. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you bring an interesting perspective and a lot of different knowledge in your realm here. And so I wanted to have you on really so that you could share your passion for what you do, how you got there, um, and all the interesting roads you took to scrap and make make something out of nothing (laughs) as we were kind of talking. But tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I I come from mostly a blue collar background. I grew up doing uh, kind of the family business, marine construction. Uh, We had a landscaping service. Uh, It was more of a lawn maintenance service, actually, where we went around and mowed lawns. I started that when I was 11. That's what I spent all of my summers and free time doing. Uh, But it taught me how to work hard. And so working right alongside with my dad, I got a great sense of the the passion that he took for whatever he did, he did extraordinarily well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was a little bit of a perfectionist. And so whenever we did anything, we'd look at the every little detail and make sure it was perfect for the clients and, and the people that we worked with. And that has always stuck with me. But my real passion was drawing and creating things. And I was fascinated by uh, Calvin and Hobbes that comic strip yeah. and the far side. And yeah. I grew up reading those in the paper and I actually still have the very last Sunday and Saturday comic that I cut out of the paper and I've saved for like all these years. And oh, so wow. I've got that up on the wall, but that really inspired me. I love the idea of creating. And so I got into drawing and unfortunately I spent way too much time in school drawing and not working on my schoolwork. Uh, and so I'd get teachers tearing up my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I ended up doing just enough to get by and, you know, just B's and C's and whatever. My grades kind of took a dive, but I was just totally into drawing and creating. And, and fortunately I had a, a father, a mother, a whole family that completely supported me and what I was doing. And that meant a lot at the time. And my dad would take me to trade shows and he'd say, make you some business cards. And I still have some of them oh, on fluorescent green cardstock yeah. that I made. And I printed all of these out and I'd go to these different booths. And say, hey, do you need any custom cartoons or logos or 
any of these types of things. And I was able to show off some of my work. And my first client was actually a dial-up internet service provider. Oh, wow. Oh, point. gosh. Don't age yourself at, now. I <laughs> <laughs> was at, uh, 13 years old. Yeah. And I actually did logos for businesses. They were hand-drawn. There wasn't a lot. I mean, this is like the early 90s, you know? So yeah. they're, you know, I didn't have access to a lot of the the computer software and stuff that we have today. Um, but I was able to do a lot then and there. And then I won a computer in a contest. Actually, it was a book cover contest that the school did. And I, I won an IBM compatible 386 oh, gosh. color monitor, <laughs> color Windows 3.1, yeah. MS Paint, all that stuff. Oh, and but having that as a kid was phenomenal. And that really set me on the path to taking my art to the digital realm. And so that's what I pursued. And I knew that's, that's what I wanted to do. So I graduated high school. I took a, a short stint, actually uh, became a missionary and did that for two years. Yeah. I came back home and then I, I just started completely from scratch. I had no idea what I was going to do next, but I knew it was going to be something with design, but I had nowhere to go. I couldn't afford college. I couldn't mm-hmm. afford um, <laughs> really anything. So I, I was out building decks again yeah. and selling vacuum cleaners and uh, passing out phone books, anything I could do yeah. to make money. And it was, I mean, it was a real struggle. I would have I would have tens of dollars in my bank account. (laughs) And so uh, anyway, one of the big game changers happened, Uh, you know, during this time I I got married. Uh, I, you know, my wife, she definitely did not marry me for money (laughs) because I didn't have anything. And so we're newlyweds and I'm sitting there in front of my desk. I had just gotten out of this, uh, this one, you know, failed startup that was in, we started a printing company. We bought all these printers from Sam's club and built this huge array, but we only had one giant client. It was going really well. Then that business collapsed. Mm. And because we hadn't diversified and gone after any other clients, we lost a hundred percent of our business overnight. And uh, so I'm sitting there trying to figure out what to do. And just by kind of a stroke of luck, whatever you want to call it, I had these illustrations on my desk. And I said, you know, I should take these and scan them into the computer, um, create digital versions of them, and then upload to this stock photography website because they paid you royalties whenever people download your stuff. So I said, well, maybe I'll try that. So I upload eight of these just heads of characters, you know, just kind of random. They weren't even complete pictures. And I woke up the next morning to find out that they had made me artist of the week. Oh my gosh. And well, and this was a front page. So the website was iStock Photo, yeah. which is which at the time was like I think the largest stock photography uh website and community and everything at the time. And so immediately I started getting tons of downloads. People were downloading these things, but where the magic really happened was that people reached out to me individually and said, "Hey, we really like your style." And we'd like you to produce something custom for us in your style. How much would you charge? Right. And so I started doing custom work 
for all of these people. And I was getting clients from Australia, Qatar, UK, Canada, uh, I mean, everywhere. One of those clients was from Las Vegas. Uh, and he contacted me within the first couple of days. And pretty soon, about 40% of my work came from this one client. And uh, I had actually started a little animation studio at the time. And so not only was I doing illustration and logo design, I was doing these little cartoons. And we started doing some cartoons for politicians in political races. And we actually created the first viral animated political cartoon that was ever used in like a governor's race back in 2006. It made it to Wired Magazine. They showed it on MSNBC on the Donnie Deutsch show. Um, And there, there was this whole thing that came out of it. It was really, really crazy stuff. But that client of mine decided to hire me as their art director for their company. And I would fly out to Vegas, you know, a couple times a year. And they said, Hey, if you move out here, um, we'll pay you more and we'll make you a partner in one of these startups that we've been working on together. And we'll, we'll give you a percentage of the company. So I was like, Oh, that sounds good. So that's, we did packed up our bags of all places. We moved to Las Vegas and we spent nine years there. And during that time I got to work on just amazing projects all over the place, growing my business. Unfortunately, it was right before the housing crash. Yeah. <laughs> so the housing crash happened. Yeah. It's a long story, but it, it just it just destroyed the business. So we all went our separate ways. And so here I was starting from scratch again. again. And so I was just reaching out to people, uh, built a new website, just had to build my business up from nothing and offer services. But because I had all of these contacts there were a lot of people who still wanted to come to me because they liked my work and liked what I did. And um, things just progressed over time. And pretty soon, I, as my kids started getting older, I've got four daughters now, we decided to move back to Texas uh, to be closer to family. And so we moved out there. I still work with those guys out in Vegas. And then I have a bunch of clients elsewhere. But about five years ago, it was this was this was right around right before I moved. We hired on this this branding agency to come in and work with us. And for the first time, I realized that there was something critically valuable that all of my clients had been missing up to that point. And I can talk about that a little bit more. But for the next five years, I just dug into the whole world of branding and try to understand what is this all about? Um, you know, what things do I need to understand? So I was, I was bringing things to the table. I was experimenting with clients. I started building my own framework, my own approach, and then testing it. And each new client, I would bring new things to the table for that client. So, I mean, constantly innovating, constantly trying things. Cause I, I mean, I came from a place where I had to teach myself everything. So I had to get very good at learning and I was able to put those things into practice all along the way yeah. with each and every client. And, and I had so many different clients from all different walks of life that I was able to experiment. So I was kind of all over the place for a long, long time, which I, I don't really recommend doing yeah. because that lack of focus, when I look back on that, because I had such a lack of focus and was all over the place, I realized that over the years, I just... and. I, I left so much money on the table with clients. Mm-hmm. When you when you specialize in something, 
you can develop deep expertise just in one particular area and you be, you can become intensely valuable to a certain segment of the population who right. have a certain problem that needs to be solved. And you see this in, in all different kinds of fields. There are specialists. Specialists are paid more. They develop unique knowledge. And, and so the longer you remain a generalist, um, you'll make less right. in what you're doing. And certainly there's a place for generalists and there's there are ways you can make that work, but it wasn't working for me in what I was doing. Plus, I wanted to give my clients more. And I couldn't do that by building a website for you know, a place that did haircuts over here, a quilting company over there, a pediatric dentist over there. Right, you know, right, how yeah. am I going to specialize yeah. in all these things? And so that's when I, I said, okay, I'm going to start transitioning my business over to branding because here's the problem that I, that I saw happening over and over again. And this applies to every single business. Like I said, I've, I've worked with tons of different clients and they all seem to have the same problem or a, a form of the same thing. So usually entrepreneurs get together and go, okay, here's something that we do really well. We solve a problem. We want to go out there into the public and give people our solution. But the problem is, is they never really define who that target audience is. And they never totally differentiate themselves from everyone else around them. They just kind of very wild, wild west, just throw it out there. And, you know, they're, they're, you see a lot of people doing that. And we've seen a lot of movies of people who just wing it and go out there and they make it big. Yeah. And people get lucky. And it hap that happens a lot. But more often than not, what ends up happening is that business will go to a logo designer, usually first, or a graphic designer or someone say, hey, get us a logo and a website. And... The logo designer will say, well, what do you want? And they say, well, I want something like this or this. Then they design right, it. Right. And then there's a, a series of things that happen. Then they go to uh, somebody to, to create their business cards and their flyers. They get the website done. They get the advertising done. They get a social media person. But every step along that way, a lot of these designers are just looking at what the people did before them and potentially repeating the same mistakes if there wasn't a good strategy in place in the beginning. So they'll spend all of this money, they'll print it on t-shirts, on signs, do vehicle wraps, billboards, pay for ad spend. They'll, they'll right. put all of this stuff out there. And before long, if it's not connecting with anybody, they go, what's wrong? And they start changing things on the fly. Like, mm -hmm. let's just change the logo to this color now. So then they change, the, just, just yeah. willy nilly, just completely random. And then they'll just say, well, let's start, you know, let's, uh, let's do something really funny on our social media, to get people. Cause that's what other people are doing. So let's just copy what other people are doing. And then it becomes this jumbled mess. And then the audience, when they see all of this, they go, who's this for? Is this for me? Mm -hmm. They're doing this for me. This seems like it's for people over there. You know, it's very unclear and it either confuses your audience or they just never end up caring. And the business with all that time and money and investment, they can completely go out of business. Right. They can quit. They And so I'm just thinking to myself, and I saw this happen over and over again with, uh, and obviously not with all of my clients, but with with several of them, right? I, I designed really great stuff for them. And then they would go and execute it horrifically right. by doing all these other things. And I'm like, I have no control over that. So I decided that I was going to leverage the strategy and the practice of branding to help businesses when they approach me, take a step back 
and let's put a strategy in place. And creating that strategy has made all the difference. It allows you to uh, ask the questions that people typically do not ask. And they definitely do not ask them to the level that I ask them. And once we've discovered what the true problem is, once we've carved out a unique a unique territory that we can dominate and stand alone as the one organization that solves this specific problem in this specific way and can back it up with this specific data for this audience, Mm -hmm. then that foundation impacts every single thing that is touched, every interaction between that business and that audience, because it's going to influence how the logo looks. It's going to influence how the website looks. Everything comes from the strategy. The strategy is like the soul of the business. It's the mind, it's the personality, it's the voice. And once you have that, you can translate that over into visual or sensory um, collateral, Yeah, you know, fonts, colors, textures, shapes, even sounds, smells. You know, when you walk into a movie theater, you got that popcorn smell. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's part of the experience and part of the brand. I mean, it, it touches, it can touch all of the five senses, but it needs to be able to impact people in a way that they understand what you're about, why you're different, that you get their problem and that you're addressing it in a unique way that, that captivates them. So now, Steve, how can, how can people get in touch with you? Well, uh, you know, there's my website. It's just vector.com, V-E-C-T-Wire.com. I work primarily with B2C startups yeah. and people in that phase of business. That's where I've had the most experience, okay. especially if there's like a, uh, almost every business has needs like a tech angle yeah. to them. But a lot of my clients require some sort of web presence, have some problem uh, that they they really need the web to solve for them. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's the best way to get hold of me. Uh, I do consult with businesses as well that are just looking for direction. Uh, sometimes people just don't know where to go and they need someone to point them in a certain direction. So I don't, I don't work with a hundred percent of people that come to me either. There's yeah. a lot of people I turn away and I, I don't just turn people away by slamming the door <laughs> in their face. I, I make sure it's a good fit. Are we a good yeah. fit to work together? If we are, then we move forward. If we're not, um, I'll always refer people to others that I think can serve them better. And I always encourage people to, if they're going to go with a an agency to help them out, they should go with an agency that specializes in what they do. So if you're in the medical field and you're you're listening to this and you're going, well, I want I want my practice to stand out. Right. There's a, you know, there's a lot of other people out there. Who should I talk to? You should look for a branding agency that specializes in medical practices, right? That, right. that has had success and has a track record of achieving results in that area. And you're going to get much better results. A lot of times, I, I think that's where there's a problem is you got a lot of designers and people out there, they're working for so little money because they're not specializing. They'll just take any work that comes along their path right. and then spit out results and then you got all these businesses, they just want to pay the smallest price possible so they can get their stuff and then get busy and continue. But I, I can't, you know, I can't really underestimate like how critical it is for businesses to go through some type of 
brand positioning process. Yeah. It it's extremely critical. That's one of my slogans that I use. If you've seen it in my stuff, it's brand or die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my slogan. And so, you know, I, some people may think that's a little too hyperbolic. Yeah. I don't think so with what I've seen over the past yeah. 20 years. I, I think it's more accurate than not that. Yeah. You either, you either brand or you die. You're either involved in this and creating those connections between your business and your audience or you risk death, right? Yeah. And this is really just a communication problem. It's people who can solve things and people who have problems that need to be solved and connecting them together in the clearest way possible so yeah. that these transactions can happen and we create wins all around the board. Everybody wins because everybody's getting what they want. And it's you know, it's a great thing to be a part of is just creating these wins. Uh, if any time you have someone losing in that equation, you're not doing it right. Absolutely. Well, wow, that was that was excellent. I love to hear your passion for what you're doing and how you got there for sure. Um, if you love the slogan, which I actually loved, brand or die, you could go to brand or die store dot store. Um, listeners just put in understaffed, you'll get 10 percent off of your merch that's on there. Because, yeah. um, of course, who I, people love catchy things like that, just like you said, right? Um, (laughs) Buy a shirt, buy a hat, whatever, get 10% off. Go take a look at uh, for sure what you're doing there, what Steve's doing on his website. See if that fits with your business and if he can help you out. And if not, I'm sure, like he said, he'll refer you to someone who can. So thanks so much for being here today. We appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Make sure to subscribe and like our podcast if you'd like more information on today's topic or any other product or service featured on this. Make sure to drop us a line and say hi or visit anytime at conciergeelite.com.